host Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Hey, y'all. I'm almost forgetting what I do, like, to press record. Every every week something new. Yep. It's telling you. We've been doing this for, like, almost five years. That's ridiculous. Like, what do we talk about? Yeah, five years worth of episodes is kind of crazy. Especially since it's all like I want to see like I feel like podcasts are like all the rage right now for the wrong reasons, <laughs> and I want to see like who withstands the test of time because I feel like doing five, doing anything for one year, much much less five, is like and as frequently as we do it, like right. We have we've only missed. I think we can count on both hands how many episodes we've ever not put out, and usually it's like we're taking a break like we took two weeks after our 100th episode we took a holiday break this year like that's normal stuff yeah also breaks are new because we were recording through the holidays merry talking about some merry christmas talking about some happy new year like we just started taking break yeah so also i wanted to say this here real quick so remember when richard was uh, roasting us over the weekend when he was talking about when we was like I forgot what happened I, I'd be making fun of him for that that brand partnership which I know he has with Fashion Nova because he be knowing too much internet stuff for a person who don't be on social media I mean social media stuff for a person who don't be on social media but I leave him alone leave him alone so he was making fun of us you remember that conversation oh, hold on yeah, yeah 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 okay okay and I was saying like I I envy him because I don't even remember my life before TikTok. Mind you, TikTok I went on TikTok for the first time in twenty twenty, not even twenty nineteen when it, it first started hitting. Like literally everybody in the pandemic, and I don't even remember my life before that. <laughs> like I stay wake up in the morning. What time is it? Bible app. Not even like to read. Just what scripture today? Email TikTok. That's insanity. Like. And he was like, you said something similar. And I was like, I feel like my brain is oozing out my ears. And that synapse thing you said had me rolling for hours. Um, And then I was like, okay, my New Year's started on Monday. It's so funny. We had a New Year's Eve episode, a New Year's episode. Like, it's been a slow start for me. So I was like, you know what? I've been sleeping terribly literally for months on end. You know, for the do. The last hour before I go to sleep, I'm putting my phone down. I'm going to read a book. Because Richard was like, books exist. That's why I was up. Which annoyed me because, like, shut up. But also, there's there's two books on my nightstand. There's two books in my bed for decoration. And I be then I'm going to be belly aching about how I only read six books this year. Books be everywhere. So, I read two hours before, then an hour before. And would you look at that? Slept straight through the night for the first time in months. Last night, I got seven hours. I got seven hours. Of sleep. I cannot tell you the last time I got seven hours of sleep. Like that was insanity to me. And I and the reason why this episode is gonna be short today is because I I went to the gym today. I am so excited. Maybe I can sleep longer. Like this is so revolutionary to me. My normal sleeping time is six hours. Even before my sleep got messed up back in November, like I only sleep six hours. Seven hours less. I was gassed. I was like, <gasps> and I said I wouldn't tell Richard. But you know what? Let me not be prideful, and maybe I I will help someone out. Cause I always said my phone is one of my few pleasures in this life. Why would I put it down? But I put it down. I'm reading Spare, and I'm reading this other book, this other fiction book. 
And look at that. See, I just said today on Twitter, I was like, does anybody have a cure for that? No matter how much sleep you get, you're tired. And in the back of my head, I was like, don't tell me put my phone down. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and don't tell me, don't tell me no, no exercise, drink water, eat well, like none of that. Like other than that, no, don't, don't give me the solutions. <laughs> um, that's like when you say you bored and somebody's like, "Well, you got homework." It's like you know that's not what okay, I mean. Hold on, that's at all. Like, um, but what was I about to say? Yeah, I need to. I just check my sleep, my like my health thing. My average, um, sleep is four hours and twenty nine minutes. <laughs> wow. How do you? How does it know that you have an Apple Watch? No, but it's when you put your your phone down. Oh, I turned that off because I thought it was bullying me because it would say like your screen time was up from last week. That's rude. Like, let me like, oh, it's not screen time. It's not the same. All looped in the same mm-hmm. thing. Screen time is oh. like, you, yeah, those notifications that I don't get notifications for my sleep. The sleep is in the health app. Like, oh, yeah, where you can like you have the period tracker, your step tracker, whatever you call it. Um, and it tells you your sleep. You're in sleep too. Um. Okay, but hold on. Last last Friday, I was sleeping, sleeping good. Period. Because you sleep late, I always assume that you slept well. Oh, girl. Mm-mm. Cause my cousin Allison, she used to piss me off when we were kids because she would come in town, sleep till two o'clock in the afternoon. What do you mean? I hate Hello, that, let's play. Though. Yeah, I hate that because that feels weird when it's like, I mean, I like being up when nobody's up, but at the same time, it's like the world don't operate that way. So it's like weird when you only have like four hours and then the day is over. <laughs> you just woke up. Like, mm-mm. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess okay. put my phone down. I, mean, I would try it, girl. I'm telling you. And then after that, I just turn the light out and I just stare until I fall asleep, which literally takes no time because, I mean, I start with my fiction book and then I read Harry's book. Not to say Harry's book is boring, but I'm not used to reading nonfiction, so it's going to make me tired, especially at that time of night. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like, I feel like, well, I don't know. I don't be reading biographies like that, so I was going to say, like, I feel like that, they should, try be, they should be more interesting. Um, no, let me let me go back. It's t- I mean the part where I'm at right now is not it's not that much. T- he started talking about his. Never mind. No, not yet. Because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how do we get there, but it's it's T everywhere, especially at the beginning. Like it was his brother the whole time. His brothers, him and his brothers' relationship is so weird to me because I don't have a sibling, so maybe you could speak to this actually. But I would imagine, especially like my relationship I have with my cousin Monica who was significantly younger than me. She's 10 years younger than me. We are very close. And, like, I understand, like, when he gets to eating, I think it's called eating College. Yeah, when he gets to eating, his brother's like, don't look at me, don't speak to me, you don't know me. And I was like, I was, I rolled my eyes and I started, I was like, relax. Like, first of all, now with your face looking like that. And, and I get that, like, maybe you have a young, uh, a younger cousin, you don't, I mean, a younger sibling that you don't want like around you but I don't know and like you want to have your own identity at school I get that too but like y'all have this very unique and rare like 
relationship. Like y'all are princes. Like I was gonna so say, do you think if he don't look at you, people aren't gonna know you guys are brothers? Yeah, I mean, I'm summarizing, but yeah, he was like, "Do not speak to me." Whatever, to the point that even there's a there's a scene. Look at me, I'm, I watch too much freaking TV. Whatever, there's a part where like their dad was driving them to somewhere, and they start tussling in the back seat. That King Charles has to pull over and make uh, William get out and go into the car that was behind them. And I'm like, that's really sad to me. Like, I don't. Th- I mean, it seems like it's a little bit better. I'm in his like. <laughs> Um, he's about to leave college and his dad was like his he's about to leave high school and his dad was like, So the college thing, like he ain't that scholarly because he wasn't. Um so I think it's maybe better now, but and that explains like the whole thing with his children, how dark are you? Like it's just weird. Like I don't get it. That whole family, it's just like the whole the more I read, the more I the less I understand the royal family. Like they're rela- they're just weird people. Like I don't get it. A lot of the stuff. I'm so confused as to why he think. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, that reminds me of uh, like why he thought like okay he's not gonna talk to you. You still freaking Prince William and that's Prince Harry. Like everybody knows that. Like, <laughs> but how far apart are they? Do you know? Two years. Oh. Which makes it even weirder. Like, I just don't understand them. I don't. And I, I mean, I, I, I can see, like, he wants to be as normal as possible, but at a certain point, we got to be freaking serious. Y'all got bodyguards and police roaming the building. It's a high school. Yeah, I feel like that don't have nothing <laughs> to do with being normal. Your sibling talking to you. I feel like that's, like... I think, like, he, I meant in that, like, he wants to have his own experience without that my kid brother tagging me along tagging along everywhere but what i'm confused about is like how is me going to french class me tagging along like i'm just going to my it's just weird yeah. to give him that kind of talk like i feel it's, like it's it would be the other way around because i feel like how is like i don't know i feel like it's much maybe because no i'm both a, i'm both a younger sibling and a bigger and an older sibling i feel like it's much um i would understand it if harry said that because you're living in the shadow of your older sibling right and people are they already know them and they hear you come and they like they have that association of you they're not they're not associating them with you they're associating you with them and then added on to the fact that his older brother is going to be the king of england one day so like i feel like it it would make more sense if harry said that but Mm. my mom said um well one she said one of my my brothers my little brother's friends he i guess he went somewhere with his mom because the mom was telling my mom and i guess there was some other kids in there and he was like okay don't even like we gotta go you gotta be separate and stuff and the mom was like do you think that they think you just live alone like <laughs> <laughs> that you don't have a mom <laughs> um and my mom said that the for the sibling thing my mom said her her my auntie was like that my mom is four years younger than my auntie and she said my auntie was like didn't want to be seen nowhere with her don't talk to mm. me don't because because for that for her it was like you know like uncool have your little sibling there oh, yeah. my sister wasn't super super like that but once she was in high school and i was in middle school yeah and we we went to a really small when we did go to school together we went to a really small school and I don't think we really came across each other all that much. And we're three years apart. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how big Eaton is, but, like, 
even if it's like one classroom per grade, which I doubt it, how much money goes to that school. Um, even if it was one classroom per grade, you st- you would not see him anywhere, anywhere at all. Like, mm-hmm. I just found this to be weird. And just everything about, just like some, the family is just freaking weird. Like, when, the, when Diana died, they told William first. Everything goes to William first. And it just, I don't understand. I don't think it's going to be long, very much longer. Like, I just don't, make Harry cash out because I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they dissolved the monarchy before I closed my eyes for the last time. I, um, and then I wonder, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm sure. I mean, like, I know the royal thing is, like, a part of it, too, but I'm also surprised that, like, brothers being like that because me and my mom were just talking about mm-hmm. this because my mom has two younger brothers who are a couple years apart, and they were never like that, like, with not wanting the younger sibling. Like, they were always super close. I have two older brothers who are one of them is eight years old they're four years apart um and they were always attached at the hip always come with me little brother like like Mm. that but sisters seem to be a little different so that's why I'm also surprised at that especially the thing that I just find to be the most interesting that I said before was that like y'all are going through this weird thing like y'all know what's going on right like Y'all, y'all know what's going on. This is not a regular thing. You would think they, y'all go through so much together in this family, and even like even the way that your mother's death and how you had to act in that whole thing, like nothing in your life is. You would think you, you would think the person who's closest to you in age, you would just bond over that experience so especially a sibling like a sibling is the only part like they they know like even you can be very very different but like they know your upbringing it was in the same house you can have totally different experiences because you know you're different people but like even Mm -hmm. so like still that's just kind of but yeah that's kind of that's kind of weird i guess because like i remember when i went to school like um i would have teachers that had my sister three years before mm-hmm. you know like so it was yeah. like that's kind of interesting but he, he just seemed like he a weirdo anyway so i mean that's what it boils down that, to this is it's just like i couldn't even imagine like you born and it's just like yeah so you got to do this thing for the rest of your life I mean, you don't have to, but then you'll bring shame upon your family. Well, you'll be exiled. The incest and the colonization didn't bring shame upon them. They don't seem like they could feel shame. So, I mean, talk about. I got to that one little line. I rolled my eyes. Most of the stuff you hear about spare happens like in the first like fifty pages. I'm like, y'all girls couldn't even. I understand everybody wants to break the story. Everybody wants to comment first. And you girls couldn't even read past to the halfway mark. Most of the the first couple pages was spoiled for me. Cause I was just like, I thought this was like at the end of the book, the way y'all was dropping it. Um, but the, I got to that line about how like I wouldn't call my grand my gang gang racist. She just said some things. So I'm like, okay. Oh, he talk about her. Very, no, cause gang gang is the great. Oh. And then Granny oh. is the uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, gang gang was definitely racist. Come on, be for real come on like she she probably had one of them uh slave ships named after her like i feel like there's really no way um 
all this because we was talking about not using the phone i think for me the last thing i'm gonna say and then we're gonna do the news um for me with the phone in terms of like the priorities i would rather not use it when i first wake up than before i go to sleep mm. because when i first wake up like even feels bad but i'm like gotta check my email gotta like it's just yeah i don't know i i thought about it like i i tried and then i this morning i was like there's no freaking way like i just need to know what's going on like i just there's there's no way like you I, you got me on a, on a go to sleep but it's just like in the morning there's too much sensitive information i need to know like what where i gotta be today like what what day is it like and so i could like replan because i plan on my day the night before but then i might change my mind on the time or something i gotta know and then i gotta see what the girls are arguing about on twitter like i gotta know what the news like is this is this country still standing this stuff i gotta know okay i'm never gonna i'm I'm definitely never gonna like be all the way there because i'm not the type of person like i'm trying i'm trying to change this a little bit but i usually don't wake up until i have to like Mm. (laughs) you know like if i'm doing something at noon okay i'm getting up at 11 30 like (laughs) you know Mm. but um i'm trying to change that but like so in order for me to not use the phone when i first wake up i have to wake up earlier because some people are like i don't check my phone till an hour after i get up i'm not getting up an hour before i got class at 10 i'm not <laughs> getting up at seven so i can have that hour or sorry at eight so i can have that hour before i have to leave like um of not using my phone and then checking my phone in that 15 minutes and then leaving at 9 15 like i'm not doing that so if i could just get to like five or ten minutes like girl oh the, yeah like because it's, it's like let the morning take come in yeah yeah because i turn my alarm off and then but it does help me wake up but like it doesn't feel good so yeah yeah let's see yeah also like i have to send an alarm anyway and like i know people say like get a clock uh-uh, uh-uh. i grew up in the 90s i know that if you don't know what you're doing that clock will not go off and you'll look very dumb so i'm gonna use my phone that I know how to use but if I don't get out of bed by if I don't get out of bed by nine o'clock I will be in the bed all day <laughs> I will I will no matter how much convincing oh girl just 905 I will be in the bed all day unless I absolutely have to get up so I gotta make sure I, uh, I gotta be up at I get, get up by it's like 7 30 stare at the wall for like 10 minutes check my phone scroll my tiktok enjoy myself like on my phone and get out of the bed as quick as I can because if I don't that's it whole day we can move that to tomorrow and then I could just let me just listen to that excerpt and then I'll it'll be in here and then I could put it in my fingers tomorrow like I will find any excuse and to stay in the bed oh I'll answer her tomorrow oh I'll do that tomorrow unless I do till next week so I gotta get out. Um, yeah. Well, the news, this should be quick. Cause I'm tired. As always. Um the other day I just want to give a shout out the other day, the Washington Post uh did an article twenty three for twenty twenty three, which are composers and performers to watch this year in classical music. There are several black XLI on the list. Um, so I just want to shout out a couple of them. Um, we had Jonathan Hayward. At, he's the um, He just got appointed um, to the 
music director position at Baltimore Symphony. He was a black excellence one time. Some people who have actually been on the show, Joy is on here. Um, Adam, Adam, Sadbury is on here. Um, Xavier Foley was also um, a black excellence. Brittany Green, um, who also spoke at ISBM's first conference. Um, I think those are all the people that have either been on the show or been a black excellence, but also I'm not saying one of them is a black excellence today. So, but yeah, shout out to everybody on that list. And I'll link in the description with a gift article because I was about to ask you because when I tried to click on it, I was like, y'all couldn't even like let me like peek. <laughs> and then I went back and I tried to scroll real fast. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'd never be over here. Like y'all could like chill. Like is the rent due? Oh, you should have told me. Like, I haven't watched your post subscription. <laughs> I knew you did. And I was, I forgot. No. I literally forgot about it. Like, cause that was on Monday, I think. Right. So I literally like went about my life, but yeah, I want to read it for real and see what they, they say. And I know, like, Adam and Joy posted screenshots, but I want to, like, look at it with my own eyes. But I was like, damn. Like, that's how I feel y'all couldn't... about the New York Times paywall. It go up so quick. Like, I'm saying, like, I got, you don't, oh, you don't have that anymore? No, I have New York Times, but it goes up so quick uh-huh. and it goes above the read and app button. So, like, if I press a New York, if I click a New York Times link in Twitter, I'm not automatically, it doesn't, it puts me in the Twitter browser, so it doesn't sign me in. So I have to press the read in app and then it switches to New York Times app and it's in my account. Mm. But they put the paywall above that button. So it's like the second you click the link, you gotta, you gotta like really get to the thing. And I'm like, why can't you just move the button up? Because I am a subscriber. So I can just click, just move the button above the paywall or like put the subscriber click here like it, it tells you like sign in but I'm not putting my password in every yeah. time because it doesn't keep you signed in so it's just annoying you know what it never was that serious like y'all are very rich and like it's okay no for real because then it's like you have to switch to the browser like this, like your phone browser and then switch to that because i can read in my phone browser but i don't like that because it's not like optimized to read that like mm-hmm. if i wanted to read in my browser i wouldn't have that like anyway what was we talking about oh the news you gonna you gonna send me a little article so i could because i was like i might y'all y'all have to be sick it's almost black history month you putting the paywall up for this <laughs> i mean pay my people but like also like i am i am the target audience it's actually not just black people i was just saying the black people <laughs> oh it's not no i thought it was 23 black people to watch in 2023 no it's just like in general but there are um Oh, that's all the white people use. I still read. I still read no, that's not even all of them, though. Oh, okay. There's a okay, couple okay. more. Even I just said the people who have been on the show or the Black Excellence, but there are a few ah. more um, on there. I was like, okay, knowing people, come on, period. I'm excited. I'm excited. Adam has that that much. I mean, he's at he's at Adam, but he's he's new to this project that he's been working on. Um, so I'm just so excited for him that he has that much reach so quickly. Yeah, because I feel like he just run what's it called composers what's called c it's c-a-g oh concert artist guild yeah he just won that last year dang and he um so I, he already on watch the post i just came across his recital program from eastman like because you know i still have it in pristine condition because you know when i'm down and out i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to pawn it you know so i could listen you're not gonna be far <laughs> let me get a cut let me let me because 
It's, you, it's about to be worth some money. And, and will. So he close. It's gonna be they're gonna be authenticating it with the little, you know, the little magnifying glass. And you better go next time you arrive. Has to go on down there to Nana. <laughs> Nana don't do it. Whoever whoever be in the concert office, go on down there. Make them put a little stamp or something. Yeah, get a certificate of authenticity Ooh, or something. Right. Well, you already got on the yellow paper, so. Mm-hmm. And you got the little thing on the back where it says this is number whatever whatever of this many of con. You got the real thing. Ain't no photocopy, nothing. Period. Um, my other news. We just got, they just literally just announced this. Um, WQXR is doing a, is producing a new podcast called Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. Terrence McKnight is an announcer on uh, WQXR, which is a classical music station in New York. Um, it's debuting on February 16th and, um, this season explores representations of blackness in opera. Um, the podcast is supposed to uncover hidden voices in classical music and their influence on contemporary American culture and beyond. I hope they pass right on over Miss uh, Miss Girl from last week. Who? Come on, man. From last week? I said Miss Girl, so that's confusing. Oh, dude, that we talked about last week. That was last week, right? Girl, what did we talk about last week? Did we have an episode Baba last Tunday. week? Oh, that dude, yeah, yeah, Skip right, they're not fitting too, but skip right over him. I didn't even, I didn't even post the episode on Instagram. I'm like, first, I was like, oh, what I am I going to say? at all. I was like, nope, girl, here we are. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't post on Instagram. I didn't know what to write. Yeah. What well, what picture was I finna use? <laughs> okay. Okay. Picture of him in a in a circle with the line going through it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We just gonna skip to the black excellence. And that's two weeks in a row because I'm like, we talked about nothing the first episode back. So this week we should have something a picture. But I was like, I can't do that. Not not there's no way I could have spun it that it will look good coming from a black podcast to to post something so like y'all just gonna have to just be up with it to know what we talked about we um yeah we need an intern to somebody who 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 like be in that space you know to do all that type of stuff i could have spun it from baba day now that i think about it yeah anyway over now it's wednesday <laughs> um <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's going to be a 16 episode, uh, series and yeah, I don't know. I'm going to post, I guess I'll post like the information, um, and stuff, but some of the, they posted some of the, um, other voices that are going to be, um, in the series, including, uh, Dr. Uzi Brown, who's a baritone and chair of the Division of Creative and Performing Arts at Morehouse College, Melvin Foster, the Associate Provost of Student Success and Associate Professor of Voice at Morehouse, um, uh, Chauncey Park Packner, rather, who's uh, performed um, the role of Spinner in the Met Opera's uh, production of Fire Shut Up in My Bones, and several, several other people um, are going to be featured on, on this season, so... Um, I think I can, yeah, I can, I can link this because I'm reading off a press release. That's where I'm getting my information from. Um, but it has like all the, that's the first couple episodes, what they're going to be talking about, all that type of stuff. So, um, and then also on, uh, if you're in the area 
on Thursday, uh, February 23rd at the Green Space um, at WNYC. Um, uh, WKXR is going to be hosting a celebration and a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the podcast um, with hosts and special guests alongside live musical performances. So, um, yeah, I'll also link the uh, information for that if y'all want to see what's going on. And if you want more information, they have a little... Okay, that that sounds condescending. I didn't mean that. They have a website. So I will link that in the description. I didn't mean to say they got a little website. Like, no. But yeah. That's it. Okay, so... <clears throat> excuse me. The intermission and the topic will nearly be in one. But, um... So over the break maybe like the last couple weeks of january uh, nope the last couple weeks of december everybody was talking about this chat gpt thing that was going around and a lot of educators were there's a lot of discussions about educators being worried about it because this new ai software can generate <clears throat> text for you so even when i was playing around with it um i was like generate like a a five paragraph essay on the difference between uh Tchaikovsky and I forget like Rachmaninoff and it did it and obviously um you can type anything in there you can type give me a recipe I did that today and it was like here's a recipe for chocolate chip cookies and it just writes it out and educators came forward about how they worry about it how whatever that was the first wave um the second wave was like people were just like you have to expect this kind of thing because technology continues to advance and it's about how we work around it it's the same thing like with the calculator like how you can type a function into a calculator and you get a graph and that was the same type of hysteria um when that happened and look at us still doing derivatives by hand so educators have to be more creative in how they implement certain things um and a lot of educators, I'll go, I'll go back, a lot of educators were worried because, especially depending on the on which level of education you teach, making a claim about, uh, what's it called? The word is like right on the tip of my tongue. Making, I always use the colloquial one. Using a claim about cheating is very serious. Plagiarism. Um, thank you. Um, it's a very serious claim depending depending on where you are in education of course and a lot of teachers were saying there i even saw one that said this student used ai software but i can't prove it because obviously like you track their writing all year you know how they write you know that they're not but it's like you can't really it's weird you can't really prove it like they just did and also as AI gets better and stronger, it will just it would just get smarter. So you might be able to feed it your writing and then make it mimic it, make it make mistakes. So very interesting stuff. Y'all have fun with that. I have no idea. Let me know when y'all could do an AI orchestra audition. <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, you. I mean, you could like you could not AI so much, but. Yeah, they would have to. There would there would have to be other technology involved with that because to make it sound like it's a live instrument. To and also, there's a proctor. So okay, but you could you you, you have your up. viola in. Oh wait, they in there with you. Yeah, they on stage with you. So you you got a boombox. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
You can't even bring your Listen, phone on AI stage. proctor, period. Like, you can't bring nothing. All the stuff I take, they, because I remember, like, when I was taking orchestra rep, which is why I feel like, never mind, I ain't gonna say that. When I was taking orchestra rep, um, one of the, one of the teachers I had said that you should like bring your bag on stage and have your phone in there so you could like record your audition, which is a good idea. And she said, just tell them that you're not comfortable leaving your purse, which works, I guess. But the last audition I took, I had my own private room. I'm not comfortable with the four all. Like it just doesn't, it's just not practical. Okay, private um, room, hold on. I was like, y'all got money. I'm like, this is nice. Like, yeah i was like okay um <clears throat> but yeah the, the the software would get smarter and smarter and so good luck with that but i thought it'd be fun to like play around with it because it's kind of cool i'm gonna i have a youtube video idea with this because i was like okay. anything you say ai vegan um food i was because the, the the cookie recipe gave me an idea because i was just like oh. give me a recipe yeah so um so for intermission we're gonna do like ask it to curate a playlist um for your favorite artist and your favorite composer so i'll go first i'm typing it in i'm gonna say curate a playlist um favorite artist uh with janae aiko she's on my favorite but she's on the tip of my tongue well so you say it with or is it only gonna do their songs or is it supposed to be based off their music oh what do you think i don't think it matters you don't like you don't think it matters like what you say no, to, huh? like what you say to it no that does matter but i don't think like for our purposes like which one do you want to do oh that's what i mean because i thought like if you say like curate me a playlist of this person like it's just gonna spit out songs of that person which is not really that curated you think if you don't give them like a like the anchor is just like the only thing that they have to hold on to is it just has to be this person but if it's like the style of that person or like based off of that person they have to pull similar artists i feel like that's more curated mm-hmm. okay so curate a playlist i'm gonna do Okay, boom. I'm going to do curated playlist of Memphis rappers. I, that reminds me to listen to that song. That new song with Moneybag Yo and Glorilla. Ooh, now Miss Girl Struck. She's blinking. What? Okay. She didn't think about it. Okay, so I want to read what it says. This is, sorry, this is so cool. So, um, so it took a while because she had to, I'm saying she, it had to think because I said curate, um, a playlist of Memphis rappers. So the first one is who run it by three, six mafia. The second one is sipping on some syrup by three, six mafia. Third one, slob of my knob, three, six mafia for hard out here for a pimp by three, six mafia. So that's when I was like, okay. <laughs> Then, because that's like four songs, and it was um, Memphis Bleak, Memphis Bleak is by Memphis Bleak, My Dog by Yo Gotti, and I'm like, okay, well, now we in my territory. R.I.P. by Young Dolph, featuring Key Glock, um, number eight, <clears throat> I'm the Man by Black Youngster, number nine, Ride for Me by Moneybag, yo, my man, featuring the baby, oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so up. 
featuring Yuckface. I thought that's a colloquial name. Um, and then number ten is Rain by Young Dolph. And then it says, which I don't know. I don't know any of these songs ever slap on my knob. Maybe if I heard some of these, I would know. Um, then she, then it says, no, this playlist is based off of my nods cut off and the popularity of songs in the Memphis rap scene. There are many other talented Memphis rappers out there. Very interesting. I feel like this will look a lot different as technology goes on. Okay, what did you decide to do? So, I, I'm trying to, what I want to do is, I want to give it a person to base it off of, but I don't want all the songs to be that person. And that's why exactly why I, I just um, tested it. I asked them to make me a playlist in the style of Stevie Wonder. They gave me 10 Stevie Wonder songs. So Yeah, it's limited, yeah. So, um, now what should I do? Because, um, like, I don't want it to be too easy. Like, if I say... Because if I say, like, okay, well, yeah, I'll say curate a playlist of Motown love songs. That's kind of, like, specific. Oh, that's cute. Because I, like, I didn't want to say Motown songs. You could just pull some, like. Oh, so let's see. I'm. I wonder if they'll be able to do it. Oh. Oh, they did it quick. Mine had to think. Maybe mine was so specific. Mm, but hold on. Yeah. Okay, I know all of these. Um. Okay, so number one, they did "My Girl" by The Temptations. Number two, they did Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. That's a love song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To keep me from getting oh, from you. to keep babe. me from you. Yeah. Um, You're All I Need to Get By, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. I heard it through the grapevine. Now, that one, I mean, you could say love song, I guess, don't always have to be positive, but I heard it through the grapevine is a breakup song. It's like I heard it from the grapevine, like, um, that you no longer want to be mine or something like that. Mm. yeah he's like it took me by surprise i must say yeah so it's like basically hearing about somebody cheating on you so it's gladys knight in the pips stopping the name of love Supre- the supremes i can't help myself it's just sugar by honey sugar pie honey bunch by the four tops i want you back jackson five my guy mary wells how sweet it is to be loved by you marvin Gaye, and i'll be there jackson five i guess interesting because i feel like I want to I want to play around with it when the technology gets more advanced because I don't know like I'm so used to like living in our worlds where we curate our own po- our own playlist so I just expected more like I wanted it to be like let me go back to my I wanted it to be like the first four on my thing are from the same artist you know mm-hmm. and especially it's very interesting because. I feel like Memphis is having a moment with Glorilla and um, Moneybag Yo has been out, but like how how fast Glorilla has grown has grown over the past like six months. I just expected more. I just wanted her on the list. You know what? I just tried another one, a different wording of my first one. 
Um, okay, this is interesting. Okay, so I changed my, I said curated playlist of artists similar to Stevie Wonder. Now, I'll tell you the note that she put was, please note that these artists are influenced by Stevie Wonder, but they are not necessarily similar to him. They are more like soulful funk and R&B genres that could be considered as Stevie's peers. There's a couple, um, some of them are not his peers, but like a lot of them are people who have song titles that are the same as his, and some of them might be covers of his songs. Hmm. So, yeah, but there are some that are like Bill Withers is on here. Al Green, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Those are some that are like, I would say, are his peers. But then there are other people that like, there are, like for example, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are on here because they have a song called Higher Ground. I don't know if it's the same as Stevie's Higher Ground, but like, almost all of these are like his song titles with somebody else. So they probably are covers. But so I took your. I took your um I just don't agree with this. Okay, so I took your wording. Um and I did similar to Moneybag Hill. Okay. So this this looks like a a bunch of black men to me. It's like the baby's on here, which I'm trying to take my bias out and see if I can like remember what the baby song even sounds like. I wouldn't agree with that. They're similar in that they're both from the South. Um, uh, Pop Smoke, no, because Pop Smoke was drill. Um, and Only Chop, I don't know that artist that will to yeah. say anything about that. Six Nine is definitely crazy. <laughs> 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 but is outrageous. They they can't be serious. And not serious at all. Chris Brown and that's anti-black. It is. Chris Brown is, doesn't even make sense. I mean, maybe because it's featuring Young Thug. I don't know. And also, Young Thug's from Atlanta. They just rap different down there. Um, Travis Scott. This doesn't make make any sense. Um, my note is the playlist is based on the style of music and flow of the artist, similar to Money Back Yo. As there are many talented and popular rapper out there, this is not an exhaustive list. I don't know. And also, like, isn't the purpose of AI is that they take? How did you remember? Do you know how it's how it works for real? Like, they take this stuff that's on the internet and they just use it, right? I think so. So it's like it's not even like any bias here. So go to the internet, girl. Like, why you just? doing what you want to do like <laughs> but also i'm wondering like that's why it's interesting to use it for music because it's like what are you going off of art is it listening to it like or is it just basing it off of what they can find on the internet of how other people have described it and then if you don't then certain things it's like how well does it understand that we got to get an ai person on here because that'll be interesting conversation because I don't, if it's not listening to it, how many people speak scholar, scholarly about money bag yo? Yeah. Especially since your, which is very interesting because your um, lists were way more accurate than mine, mm-hmm. and people have spoken scholarly about Motown, written articles and stuff like that. How many article, how many scholarly articles are written on Gorilla? Well, that's not fair. She's new, but that's what I was wondering about because the first question 
that you put i was wondering if it was just gonna spit out a bunch of people like mm-hmm. rapper from memphis like that's why i'm like i'm trying to challenge it but i'm like now i don't know i'm trying to co- i want to come up with a question about female rappers like to try to get it to give me some but like mm-hmm. in a way that it actually has to look for them but i don't know but anyway okay let's do um let's oh this will this will test it for real let's do a composer um i'm gonna do a piece i'm gonna do like i was just gonna say can we do a piece yeah i'll be like curate me a a playlist I want to do something real specific and see if it could do it. Like, I want to be like, boom, carry me a playlist of solo viola works. Now, that's not because it might say think that a concerto, I'm going to say four solo viola mm. and see if it will do that. Cause Ooh, is it going to know me, what works? Like, it probably will. Yeah, I'm going to, because I wanted to see, I want to see if, because I feel like if it's four solo viola, yeah that's for like, ain't nobody else up there it's just viola clear me a playlist um works for a solo viola Ah, oh, it was doing so well. <laughs> Not it was doing so well. <laughs> oh. Aww. What? First of all, what piece is that? <laughs> okay. First of all, the the note I wanted to I thought I'm so curious. Like the notes at the end are always so similar. I'm wondering like, did someone program it to say that? Cause like my okay, my note says this playlist is based on classical works for solo viola, and it's not an exhaustive list. There are many great works for solo viola that have been written by many composers. Like the viola doesn't need it, um, <laughs> to be patterned on the back. Like it's okay. Okay, You're not sobbing. <laughs> So the first one was box suite for solo viola number two. And I was like, first of all, get out of my house. I don't like that. But I don't like that. You've been listening to me play. I, that's nasty work. Also, I'm wondering, like, I mean, like, yes, but also kind of no. Because no it's, it's not for solo viola. Are you talking about the cello suites? But to be fair, I'm not, I see how. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if that's a distinction it's ever going to be able to make. Because now, well, I don't. It probably won't, because then you have to go into the history of the piece and whatever. So they're probably not going to do all that. And also, like, I, I'm not a computer person, but how long does that take? To I mean, maybe seconds actually, yeah. just to like. But then after everything after that was just a fail. So um, we have Bartok Rhapsody number one for viola and piano. So. Swing and a miss, <laughs> Hindemith, uh, Deshrandrer, Walton, Telemann, Fantasy. Okay, that's for solo viola. Very good, written for solo violin, but that's okay. Um, if we're thinking about that, the Corn Go Much Ado About Nothing intermezzo. I don't know that piece. 
But you know what? I am looking for a p- on my 2023 bingo card. I'm I said I was gonna learn a new piece. We don't have to do it, but it's on there. So I'm gonna listen to that and see if I want to learn it. Bartok, um, Sonata for solo viola. Okay, Hindemith solo viola. Okay, Vivaldi solo viola. Walton Pascali. I would never play a Pascali wooden by Walton. Okay, actually, you know what? Didn't do that bad. So I came up with mine, and I also came up with another one, but I'm gonna do it after this one, cause. Okay, so I just did it because I, I didn't want it to be a whole bunch of silence if it if it had to buffer. It blinked a little bit and I had to think a little bit. It did pretty terribly. Um, <laughs> I asked it um, to curate me a playlist of romantic era string orchestra pieces. It sent me a note saying, please note that these are examples of the most well-known and popular works from the romantic era for string orchestras, but there are many other beautiful pieces that could be added to this list. Number one, they did Ina Kleiner, not Knox music, sorry. Mozart, not Romantic Era. Then they did Tchaikovsky, Serenade for, for Strings. Okay. Canon and D. <laughs> <laughs> Pachelbel. <laughs> the Four Seasons, Spring by Vivaldi. Nope. Poor baby was trying its absolute best. Beethoven, five. <laughs> very good just went way off the rails for that one just like you know what bump it titties to the wind <laughs> uh, adagio for strings schubert string quartet number 13 uh, the second movement i think it is then bach brandenburg concerto number three nope mm. the barber of seville overture Wow. And then the Nutcracker Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. So, <laughs> sis gave up. <laughs> gave up. Wow, that is so interesting. Really bad. <laughs> okay. Yo, at least mine was 7 out of 10. I came up with another one that I want. I'm going to ask you to give me a list of classical music podcasts. <laughs> Girl, this ain't no classical music podcast for the first 20 minutes talking about sleep. Let's see. It's typing. Okay. I'm just going to say as it goes along. The first one it gave me um, the cl- is called Classical Classroom, the Houston Public Media podcast that provides an entertaining and educational introduction to classical music. Then the classical podcast, a weekly podcast that explores various aspects of classical music. Uh, and then, yeah, some long description. The Metrop- the Metropolitan Opera Guild podcast. Okay, the New York Philharmonic podcast. Um, a Musical Journey, which uh, is like classical music history. The Classical Music Experience. Okay, Music History 102. The Listening Room. Classical music hour and the musician's journey. Okay, fine. Y'all didn't have us on there though, so the list is bad. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I feel like because it's so new, and I mean, like this tech. I was looking, I was doing a wee bit of research, and this technology is not new, right? Like we have Grammarly and stuff like that. But I, I, I feel like this is like the very early stages of it. Once it gets its wits about it, it's going to be 
it's going to be something. That's why I feel like educators who have to have students write should, um, you know, get ahead of this. Especially like in, I, c- I couldn't imagine teaching a 100 level like intro to freshman writing. Like I couldn't imagine because why try? Like that that has to be difficult. All your essays will have to be in person. Whereas if you are in grad school, the writing is just more intricate and difficult that you wouldn't chance it um, with that. I mean, you shouldn't. Okay. So there is a, um, for the topic, doing kind of the same thing. So you have to pick a classical music topic that you are well-versed in, that you know, that you could defend and, um, see if you agree or disagree with it. You think it's, it's good. So mine is very simple because it's my daily life. Uh, right now um with my children um tell me how to make a viola bow hold hmm. i hate when my phone corrects bow to now girl mind you that's up. that's two words too it could be bow or bow <sighs> Let's see what she says. Okay. It's T. Here's a step-by-step guide on how to make a proper viola bow hold. Step one. Start by sitting in a comfortable position with your viola resting on your left thigh. What? Oh. Interesting. (laughs) That's very specific. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Boom. Step two. Hold the bow in your right hand with the thumb resting on the top of the stick. Sorry, I'm trying to envision it while I go and I'm already, hold up. With the thumb resting on top of the stick and the index finger wrapped around the frog. The part of the bow closest to the hair. Okay. Your middle finger should be positioned on the stick just behind the frog. And your ring finger and your little finger should be curled under the stick. Providing support. Keep your wrist relaxed and make sure... The bow is perpendicular to the string. Adjust the bow as necessary, making sure the bow is balanced and that you have a comfortable grip. Practice playing your bow hold, making sure that your fingers and hand remain relaxed and that you are able to produce a clear, even sound. Okay, so that's not fair because can I do that? It's important to note that different players might have different preferences and may develop a bow hold that works best for them. It's important to get the help of a teacher or professional player to adjust your bow hold and technique to achieve the best possible sound. So this bow hold is incorrect. Okay, well, Katie, maybe it just don't work for you. Like, you didn't know. You could just pick your own, like, any way you want. Like, okay. <laughs> you want to hold it like a pencil? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a pen so I can so I can try this bow hold. It doesn't sound, it's very wrong. The bow hold, hold the bow with your right hand with the thumb resting on top of the stick. Why would the thumb be on top of the stick? It was. The- <laughs> okay. My thumb is on top of the stick. On top? Yeah. That's what I'm like. Okay, you're going like this. I don't. <laughs> oh, do they mean that? Do they mean. No, it still would be wrong. 
oh i wonder if they mean turning it over oh but then they tell me to do that yeah but yeah that's not okay let me try doing the turning over so rest your thumb uh on top of the stick and the end of the finger wrapped around the frog so that's literally impossible any way you spin it because how would your index why would your index finger be wrapped around the frog which is all the way down there <laughs> your, your thumb up here <laughs> your thin finger not even long enough to do that okay your middle finger should be positioned on the stick just behind the frog which doesn't make sense because behind the frog would mean on the screw so you like what does behind the frog mean so yo let's recap your thumb is on top of the stick your index finger somehow is wrapped around the frog Not which, <laughs> come on 10 inch fingers then your middle finger is positioned on the stick just behind the frog so you really could not go outside with this bow hole in the south side of Chicago. That probably okay. Um, okay. Your ring finger and little finger should be curled under the stick. This is my bow hole right now. Can you see me? <laughs> oh, but don't worry. Keep your wrist relaxed and make sure the bow is perpendicular to the strings. The the the, the, the bow placement is the least of your concern. I, I feel like it's very interesting because I want to read more about this. I'm going to read more because my understanding just from surface level research is that it's supposed to be extracting information from the internet. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of research and and about how to make a ball hold so much. So it's like what maybe you don't know what, what to believe. Uh, how much like how how much like well. I was gonna ask how many like credible bohos are you because like how people have different techniques how many are credible and also I wonder if it can tell what is credible and what's not mm. like is there really one viola bow hold or is there some type of other like tech like method there's there's one viola bow hold oh. and then the yeah, there's one viola bow hold and people adjust as to their comfort like my thumb is way straighter than when I started when I was taught for example but there is one the violent girls have like two because they're very strange but but overall even though like there are there's not I will say, like, there's not two. Let me go back. There's not two violent bullholes, but people have different approaches to how they teach the same thing. Like, I remember I was talking to someone. I teach my students that the thumb should be bent, sitting straight up. And I was talking to someone, and they said, "No, the the bow, the the th- the thumb should be making a C." But for me, when I'm thinking about classroom, when I'm thinking about just getting everybody going, I just want, I need a tactile. The hair should be touching the, the cuticle. The tip of the, the thumb should be touching the stick. Two tactile references so I can get everybody on the same page so nobody's throwing up gang signs. So there's like little things like that. But I'm also wondering, is it watching videos? <clears throat> because starting, the first step saying start in a comfortable position with your viola resting on your left thigh 
is a very interesting step to include. Yeah. But I didn't expect it to be wrong. <laughs> I, I really didn't expect it to be wrong. Yeah, so. Especially that far off because it was it's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, your fingers are curled up. It looked like, if y'all have ever seen, because since y'all can't see us, if y'all have ever seen that show Ubi, where it's the hand with the googly eyes on it, that's what the Voho <laughs> is looking like. <laughs> Like at best, I wish I had my bow. I'm not getting up, but I wish I had my bow to try it. Cause how does one, how does one put their thumb on top of the stick? Cause even if you did it the other way, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anyway, what's yours? Um, that made me think like maybe I should ask him to explain to me the difference between a French and a German bow. But the what I had before that was tell me. Okay, I'm going to ask you, since you've used it before, like, is this a good way to phrase it? Tell me about the history of chamber music for the double bass. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. This girl is just fighting for her life. She's doing the very best. <clears throat> okay. Ask me about the American Revolution, please. First sentence is already wrong, so. <laughs> um... Oh, or okay. She's still typing, but I'm gonna start reading. I don't know how long this is gonna be because I didn't give her a time. I mean, a length. It says chamber music for double bass. Oh wait, no, she is right. I read. I see. Okay, hold on. Sorry, girl. Sorry, Miss Girl. I didn't see the not. Chamber music for double bass is not as well established as other instruments in the chamber music repertoire, such as a violin or a piano. I thought she said it was. Okay, mm. the double bass, also known as the contrabass, okay, alternate name. Um, <laughs> that's, the bar is in hell. That, that's that's like when you add like very or extremely because you want to hit the word count, like right, <laughs> right. Because girl, <laughs> um, the double bass, also known as the contrabass, is a large and unwieldy, un unwieldy. How do you? What does that mean? She called you wild. You ain't got no manners. Cumbersome, difficult to carry or move because of its size, shape, or weight. <laughs> See, she she she's stalling. <laughs> she's trying to make a work out. The double bass, also known as a contrabass, is a large and unwieldy instrument that has traditionally been used as a part of an orchestra or jazz ensemble, rather than in smaller chamber music settings. However, in the late nineteenth century, so late nineteenth and early twentieth centuries, a few composers began to write chamber music specifically for the double bass. Composers such as Giovanni Battistini, Luigi. Uh, Rossi and Carl Ditters von Dittersdorf wrote works for the double bass and piano or double bass and other instruments. The double bass began to be seen as a solo instrument and not just as a supporting one. In the 20th century, some composers began to experiment with the double bass in chamber music ensembles. Composers such as Arnold Schoenberg, Bela, I can't even say his name, Bartok, and Paul Hindemith wrote works that featured the double bass in chamber music settings. Lots of these are are bass and piano, which I was kind of afraid of. However, it was not until the latter half of the 20th century that chamber music for double bass began to gain wider acceptance. Composers such as Sergei Kusevitsky, Walter Ross, and Gunther Schuller uh, wrote works specifically for the double bass ensembles. 
Today, there are many more compositions written for chamber music for double bass, and many contemporary composers are writing for the instrument. In summary, chamber music for double bass is not as well established as other instruments, but it has been gaining more acceptance in the last century. Composers have been experimenting more with the double bass and composing for chamber music ensembles. It's not bad. No. It don't sound bad. I mean, I don't know much. Because there's some people in here, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about with that person. I will say, I'm surprised it didn't mention some really big, like, pieces. Because a lot of these are, like, bass and piano. Like, the Bodicini mm-hmm. stuff, which is, like, okay. But, like, the I mean, Bodicini. technically chamber music, but it's, like, a cop-out. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and then there's some really big ones. They didn't mention Dvorak Quintet. That's a big one. And Trout. Tra- I'm gonna say trout. Come on, like, trout. <laughs> those are the I girls like love a trout. Th- that like I feel like I was really expecting those, too. but I mean, yeah, it's not bad. Okay, Miss Girl. As a musicologist, do you? What? How do you? S- Who are you talking to? You, <laughs> I'm talking to you. You be over there. <laughs> okay. As a musicologist, do you like um like what do you think about AI as it pertains to like scholarly works in the future? Because it's gonna get smarter. I mean, right now, if I were a te- if I was teaching LA and reading, I would make my I would make my sixth graders, seventh graders correct a five paragraph essay because there's a lot of learning in there there's so much unnecessary information you're not answering the question that i asked you about this quasi mm-hmm. um but that's that's an assignment i feel like for like the next couple of months it's gonna get smarter it's gonna get better it's gonna get more well written so what are you what are your thoughts on that um i mean so I was just I was trying to get her to say I really want her to say something about classically black. I'm trying to I'm trying to draw it out, but um, <laughs> this girl is tired because I asked her about I don't know how we assigned a gender to her, right? <laughs> um, I asked her give me a list of podcasts about black musicians. Didn't do that. Then I I asked her to tell me about the hosts of classically black podcasts. Uh, to be honest, if she did, I would be kind of creeped out, but. She said, I'm sorry, I do not have information about a specific podcast named Classically Black Podcast. Um, I'm going to try just Classically Black. Um, My knowledge cutoff date is 2021, and I cannot verify if this podcast exists or not. Can you please provide me more? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Not too much. We had already existed for three years before that. Because we want to fight? Can you please provide me more context or information about the podcast you are referring to? What is there to say? Like I feel like there's so many holes. I mean, they just built it, but because how long have we had our website? We got our website in 2020, I think. So yeah, yeah, because yeah, we did. And we had press at that point too, like stuff written about us. So yeah, not too much. Yeah, because girl, you could you couldn't catch a cold naked in Alaska talking about some. It cut off at 2021. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> uh uh-uh. Wow. Ah, I don't like that. Okay. Yeah, like, Tell me about Delaney Harris. Let's see what it's like. You gonna say? Wait, do you not want to type your name in? No, yeah, yeah, you can. I want to see.
Okay, not clearing your throat. Hold on. <laughs> I can't give you my deepest, darkest secret. Okay, this is. <laughs> I'm not gonna type. I'm not gonna type my name because there's like a. There's a somebody somewhere named Katie Brown. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna tell you what it says, but they couldn't find nothing about you. Okay, no, girl. I just typed it into so I can already see like, her rule just self. Rule like. Like, sorry, okay. but nobody. Like, I wish I could do Katie Brown. Maybe I'd do Catherine Brown. Violas. But Katie Brown, it's like a news anchor somewhere named Katie Brown, I think. Or a realtor. But you actually, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, now I want to know how she's doing this because even if you Google me, if you Google me, stuff comes up. You That's what I'm to, saying. You don't even have to Google double bass or music or whatever. Just Google Delaney hair, stuff will come up. So that's why I'm like, okay, girl, not too much. Talk about I'm, you're not familiar with. Okay, not too loud. Like, right. you, you gonna be one day. So and also, you doing a lot of talking for a girl who don't even know nothing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be loud and raw. Talk about oh, I couldn't find. Look again. I just asked you. You just came back. Go back. What you like? What you looking? Okay. I asked them to give me a list of alumni from the Eastman School of Music. Now, I at first I said notable alumni, but then I was like, I mean, I, they're probably gonna give me notable alumni regardless. So yeah. whatever. Renee Fleming on there. Uh, let's see. Nope. Okay, it says the Eastman School okay. of Music is a prestigious music conservatory located in Rochester, New York. It has a long history. Huh? Not what I asked. <laughs> it says it has a long history of producing talented and accomplished alumni. Okay, then how come you talk about I'm a nobody then? Okay. Well, I'll see. <laughs> uh, talented and accomplished alumni in various musical fields. Here is a list of notable alumni from the Eastman School of Music. See, I didn't say notable, but I knew they were going to give it to me anyway. One, uh, Chuck, I don't know how to say his last name. Mangion? I don't know. Mangion? I don't know. Jazz flugelhorn player and composer Harold Farberman, who's a conductor and percussionist. David Diamond, who's a composer. I know of David Diamond. He has a really hard piece for string orchestra. Um, Frederick Fennell, conductor and educator. Howard Hansen, composer, conductor, Howard educator. Howard is a cop out girl. A concert hall named after him. <laughs> no, they got that rinky dink. Howard Hansen is not. That, 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 I used to hate being it. Be like, oh, we ain't Hansen. It's so gross. It's not gross. It's just. Mm. Walter Hendel, who's a conductor and pianist. Mark Kellogg, who's a trombonist. He's a trombone professor at Eastman. Um, Joseph Alessi, trombonist. Paulo Dett, lutenist and early music performer. He's also professor at Eastman. And David Robertson, the conductor. Since this list is not exhaustive, there are many other notable alumni from the Eastman School of Music, including performers, composers, conductors, educators, and podcasters. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and music industry professionals. Hmm. So I'm gonna circle back to my question, musicologist. Do you, what do you think the implications are for for this technology? I, I don't remember how I phrased it, but yeah. Um, 
let me see i think okay so i've talked about this with some people who like i guess want to produce music and stuff and because they're like anybody's gonna be able to just like type in whatever and get a beat or like whatever but i don't know i feel like being able to explain sounds and music is a skill and even if you type stuff in like a skill that people even people who are well versed in music some some of them don't have it you know to be able to say it in words sometimes it's just easier Mm -hmm. to show something or whatever but like so to just type in that you want something it's not always going to spit out you know exactly what you mean and I wonder if that's going to transfer over to analyzing music I think the music history part it's like just scan the internet I guess but also it depends on what type of music history some things are not digitized or Mm. like whatever so and then I don't know yeah I don't know I feel like I mean of course academically like college students definitely gonna be having to write a little essay but because the base essay was not bad it was pretty accurate like imagine how it will be like in six months yeah so hell three months I don't know like I should do I should do a prompt from uh, I don't have that notebook on me but like from an essay that I've written that where like you have to listen to something I don't know mm. what did I do like I, I'm trying to think of I should do the gospel music one I'm gonna say tell me because next i can i can maybe from this i can surmise like what is it pulling from or like what type of information is it getting because i've actually so i'm gonna say tell me about the relationship between hip-hop and gospel music because i that's what i'm wondering like from a musicology perspective okay my musicology perspective perspective like this no glasses on um I feel like I don't know how well it can really do that if it's I mean but there is listening technology that's how YouTube flags copyrighted music and stuff like that so but that's only listening to match music with something that is copyrighted I was just about to say but to analyze it yeah I feel like some things some things just I understand the panic, but even isn't it like an influencer who's the AI, Michaela? Mm-hmm. It's like it don't stop you from watching Alyssa Ashley. Yeah, that's true. It's like the like oh, like something cool, but I think people are still gonna value like human thought. Like, like yeah, you can drum up this whole article on something, but like I still want to read someone so down at the New York Times. Not her coming. Not her coming from my room. Oh my gosh, she's really doing it. And like, I'm not reading it verbatim, but like, it's sounding like she knows what she's talking about. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna read it. I can't believe this. No, we. I give up. I'm not doing nothing ever again. Like, I can't believe she just did this that quick. Okay, I said, tell me about the relationship between hip hop and gospel. Hip hop and gospel music have a complex relationship. On one hand, both genres have roots in black American culture and have been used as a means of expression and empowerment for black communities. Both hip hop and gospel music have been used to address social and political issues and to provide a sense of community and belonging. 
On the other hand, there has been tension between the two genres, with some gospel musicians and religious leaders criticizing hip-hop for its explicit lyrics and perceived negative impact on youth. Some in the gospel community have seen hip-hop as a form of secular music that is incompatible with religious values and beliefs. Despite these tensions, there has also been a significant crossover between hip-hop and gospel music. Many hip-hop artists have incorporated gospel elements into their music, such as gospel choirs and religious themes, while gospel artists have incorporated hip-hop beats and rhythms into their music. In recent years, there has been a growing movement of gospel rap, uh, which combines the elements of traditional gospel music and contemporary hip-hop. Some artists like Lecrae and Kirk Franklin have been successful in this genre, and they have been able to bridge the gap between the two genres by providing positive messages and uplifting lyrics while incorporating elements of hip-hop music. In summary, the relationship between hip-hop and gospel music is complex, um, complex with the tension and with t some tension and criticism, but also with significant crossover and influence between the two genres. Okay. One thing I have that's like, I've just noticed in the other one, the summary pro paragraphs are all too similar to the opening paragraphs. Mm -hmm. They always like, the first thing says in summary, it says in summary, the relationship between hip hop and gospel music is complex, dot, dot, dot. And then in the beginning it says hip hop and gospel music have a complex relationship. Like, you know, that's the first sentence in the, in the first sentence of the last paragraph. The only thing in this I have a problem with is the gospel rap part. Because I don't think Kirk Franklin is gospel rap. He's Kirk not. Franklin is I'm urban contemporary gospel. And urban contemporary gospel and gospel rap are not the same thing. So. Are, has he even dabbled in rap? Like. Lecrae is what made, Lecrae is what made my ears go up. Because I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. I think Kirk Franklin was an easy grab. Yeah. Because he's, so, he's probably. He's probably the most popular yeah. gospel artist right now but um lecrae was like oh okay this girl and this okay so this goes to what we was just talking about how i said like these these nuances that's because that's a very small nuance there's like i'm trying to like visualize it but there are a couple things that fall under like the hip-hop gospel music arena and although both urban contemporary gospel and gospel rap or holy hip-hop are in that are both in that they are still different sub-genres and i don't think she mm. she can recognize it because you not recognizing the difference between like someone like lecrae and karen clark sheard would be crazy to me like she gotta clean it up but who who was training her because how do you train someone on everything she has to be skimming the internet so it's like I, I want to know like how are y'all going to make her better if you're not programming her because I the the point of AI is you just you just know like you program her to just know so it's like I'm I'm so curious about that like interesting it's so so interesting but I I do think I feel like at most we'll see where the technology goes but I when you were reading that little essay anecdote i was thinking that at most people what people could do right now because if you write if you're writing you need um i can't remember the last time i wrote something and and when i was in school that didn't need like references and stuff so but if you can make it write the skeleton for you you're still gonna have to go in and do the work but some people just need to get be able to get started so i can see how someone who struggles with writing 
would make the AI generate the essay and just go back and plug in and make transitions, which is not right, but it's what it is. Mm. And teachers are gonna have to get more creative. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Like I can't. This I feel like AI. Maybe I'm incorrect, but my I still got a job because look the bowhole summary you know that's true and also even so there's there are thousands hundreds of thousands of resources available online for people to teach themselves how to play an instrument and i still have students in my studio so i don't really see that but i think in other areas of my life one thing that the girls were up in arms about were blog posts because um you can get it to generate a blog post about something um, and while I no longer blog, it's still in that creative space. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't see it uh, impacting influencing either, unless you use it as a tool to influence. Oh yeah, that's that's one thing I drop off with. I'm I don't I just be saying whatever in my captions. Um, maybe I can maybe you can use it for that. But then that seems like. It just seems like what's the point of influencing you? Like, what's the point of you? I. That's why I don't know if you saw tw- TikTok has had two controversies in the past three days. It's been very interesting. Um, and one of them is this girl who did the this the mascara thing. She did a mascara review, and she she added false lashes at the end at the. <laughs> it's been crazy. Wow. At the at the end and. <clears throat> Alyssa Ashley did a thing and she was like um she was saying people in the comments like well you would do a two for a check she's like not everybody lacks integrity like you're you are ruining the space because the the cool thing about influencers which I which I I guess I knew but I never really thought about is that people trust you as a content creator and the cool thing about an influencer instead of like having an Ulta commercial or an ad is that you are closer to an influencer. You can comment, they can respond if they can get to you, if they see you, if they'd like to and destroying that relationship by adding false lashes to something that didn't need false lashes. Like the her lashes look great with the thing. And also L'Oreal did not ask you to do that. They They wouldn't so it was just weird so now you're auto generating captions and you're doing all this stuff and it's like give me 10 video ideas it's like you might as well just not do it just go do something else because that's what the cool thing about making content you get to interact with people you get to people comment your stuff people saying like how this helps them like that's really freaking cool so if you gotta do you gotta fill in the gaps with ai girl find something else to do girl, not too much because then we'll be sitting here looking at each other trying to come up with a topic we're gonna go right over to miss girl I couldn't, even, I couldn't even imagine i would be like girl we doing a we doing a off the cuff <laughs> like i really do an off the cuff before because it's just like it seems so Dang, we, have, we would have to go through to ask for like an idea we would we would have to plan an episode we not it's just an idea and we might not even take it verbatim it might remind us of something like how you said the like for the essay someone might use it for a skeleton or like just to get the ball rolling i still wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it for any written work um because i just feel like it's gonna write me like so, like it's just weird but like, it gives me like a one sentence thing i don't see myself using it because i just think it's a little too cumbersome for that like girl just think of it like yeah <laughs> but 
don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm not a person that lacks for ideas because every, I, what I've noticed is like every every like six weeks I'm probably like what am I finna cook for this freaking video like I the, every once in a while but I'm so like ooh what's going on around me in the world that I'll be like oh that'd be good that'd be good that'd be good so for people who like need an idea and a kickstart like yeah I guess it's not that bad of, like do what you you want but like as long as it's like as long as you put enough originality into it because yeah. I feel like yeah the authenticity part is what makes my stuff like the stuff when I've been planning videos it makes it so daunting because I'm like everything has to be perfect and like some people would just be like some people just get on the camera and just start talking they don't care if what they're saying is true they don't care like how accurate yeah. it is and like whatever and like that is weird crazy to me like I just don't get it like I have far too much respect for the stuff I'm talking about yeah. and and like just for my own work I'm not putting out no crazy stuff with my name on it like I'm just talking off the side of my neck besides this podcast so (laughs) (laughs) you be out here guessing every week i was like when we stop guessing (laughs) so beethoven was born in 1992 no girl 1992 1993 they changed it he was in my class yep he's he was on the playground he said i said period okay Not da 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 da. <laughs> Period. Big Tovin, not the little one. <laughs> so, I I just want to I want to keep my wits about me just so I can hear the developments because I just remember everyone was talking about Chat GPT over the break or like yeah, and everyone was so up in arms about it and like oh my god, what are we gonna do? And I'm like. In the back of my mind, I was like, y'all got to teach. But I don't do too much on teachers because there's not enough money going around. So I thought it. I didn't write it out. Um, but, I mean, you have to do more in-class essays. But also, is that accessible? My hands used to be cramping up. And, like, how well can you plan an in-class essay? And That's true. All this other stuff. And then you got to do – and then you got to go through all these parameters. Like, if you do an in-class essay, like, you got to do the thing where the computer – it screen is locked so they can't click nowhere else and so or when my friend was in um what's it called physical therapy school she had to take her test at a lab where someone was watching her take the test so they she couldn't click over nowhere else and i just feel like at a certain point it's just like girl i'm not doing all that because i'll always be like i don't get paid enough if you want to cheat that's you i don't i don't what, what am i gonna do like I don't know what to tell you like yeah depending you, on what it, it is girl just go ahead and cheat just go ahead and cheat because i'm like i that's what and that's why like i'm not a history teacher because I, I don't know what to tell you you don't care and i can't make you care and i i'm not putting in i'm like I, what you want me to do now we we using a a chisel and a brick so you can write the essay on like you you, you so bad you want to cheat okay fine the oh. Flintstones founded the, the the wrote the Declaration of Independence. Like fine, <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I feel like I saw this one thing during the pandemic, and it was like y'all better start eating right because y'all future doctors are cheating right now <laughs> in <laughs> online school. 
So like, yeah, at a certain point, you just gotta let people do what they're doing and hope that your doctor wasn't, you know, on Quizlet. Right. For for they for they talking about yeah, I don't know why you got that funny feeling in your trachea. You try, <laughs> <laughs> you try cl- clearing your throat. At? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like. And I heard they be Googling stuff anyway. I mean, that's not a hundred percent true. They have a, a system. They can't remember everything all yeah. at once. Like they got a little thing. They got reference. They type. Yeah, they reference. Cause I that's why that's why Twitter every every day Twitter makes me more mad. Cause like you really see how dumb people are. Like these doctors they just Google and stuff. I'm like, it's not Google bookie. <laughs> like be for real because even if you were to look that up if you were to look at what they're referencing you probably still would not it's like it's built on a base level of knowledge that requires medical school like <laughs> like what do y'all be saying do you really think if you read that same thing you would understand it <laughs> like oh my gosh okay you just can't you just can't okay wow Anyway, we ready to move on? Yep. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about, Delaney? This week, I'm talking about Steph Davis. Uh, they were also on that 23 for 23 Washington Post list. Um, they're a marimbist, uh, composer, educator, cultural activist, and researcher. Um, they've performed... Um, the marimba and the vibraphone as a soloist across the United States um, and their repertoire spans multiple genres and musical styles um, from African-American folk to contemporary um, with a focus on composers of African descent. Um, they were awarded um, the Activate Residency at Boston Center for the Arts and was a finalist in the Boston Conservatory Concerto Competition. Um, they've also been awarded fellowships um, with the Antenna Cloud Farm Exper- Experimental Institute um, and Music for Food. Um, they received their bachelor's at Boston Conservatory where they are currently also pursuing their master's degree. Um, their inspiration as a composer um, draws from black expresses, expressive characteristics, free forms, and natural landscapes. The music has been performed internationally um, in the United States, um, in the UAE, Canada, and Europe. Um, they've also been commissioned by Douglas Anderson's School of the Arts, Modern Marimba, Spectrum Ensemble, Prism Percussion, Prism, not Prism, um, Britton Renee Collins, and Cameron Denby. Um, as a researcher, um, of music from the African diaspora. Um, they're a teaching artist with Castle of Our Skins, um, and they lead a teaching residency at Boston uh, Children's Chorus and spiritual around spirituals and Harriet Tubman. Um, they also have scholarship on music by Anthony Davis and Ulysses K, um, which have uh, appeared in publications by Castle of Our Skins and Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. Um, and they also p- maintain a small private marimba studio um, and coach chamber ensembles in greater Boston. So shout out to Steph, period. Is marimbas different than the percussionist? Or should I ask my girl? I mean, I'm sure it's it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like, you know how you're a clarinetist and then you become like a bass clarinetist? Like you mm-hmm. specialize some people specialize in bass clarinet or they specialize in English horn or in 
um, E flat clarinet or something, but there's still a clarinet. I think it's like you are a percussionist and then you decide that marimba was your specialty. Because there was a documentary on basically about beta blockers and I saw the percussionist going to the thing. He had basically everything slugging over his shoulder except for. So I was like, are you taking a percussion audition or are you taking. He had a, he had a little kit that had his like little sticks in there and maybe a snare. But like obviously he had no vibraphone over his shoulder. <laughs> but <laughs> Right. Um, I think maybe also because they're a soloist. So maybe that's also like a soloist thing because otherwise the only other like separate thing I've seen for percussion is like a timpanist. So I think as a soloist, yeah. maybe you're oh, marimbist. Right. Um, but in general, you got to be either a percussionist or you can specialize in timpani, I guess. Now that I think about it, I don't be seeing no marimba back there. It's the timpanist and it's like two, three percussion people. Yeah. Cause they all gotta know how to play the marimba, but I but guess I don't be seeing no marimba back there. I mean, I guess it just that's kind of one of those if if they call for instruments. I never realized it's not that. really a staple. That's a band thing. That's where they be at. They be in band. Okay, what's the uh? What is the for real for real difference between a marimba and a vibraphone? I can't remember. A vibraphone got pedals. Oh, for real? Yeah, you could like hold a note on a vibraphone. Oh. Okay, it's, I, cool. it's been so long since I've been around one of those. Girl, percussion methods was a mess. Cause it's what? Oh no! And then the xylophone. I'm, you know what? I was thinking the xylophone was a glockenspiel. Cause glockenspiel was the wood one, right? I thought glockenspiel was metal. Oh, maybe it's the other I way think. around then. I thought the xylophone was metal and the glockenspiel. Some there's a percussionist listening to this right now who is skin is skin is melting off. off. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the difference between? What's the difference between the xylophone and marimba? Okay, marimba longer. No, you right. Glockenspiel is metal. I thought that I thought it was wood. It's because a vibraphone vibrates. Does it remember marimba have? No, marimba does not have pedals. Marimba is not. big. I remember that. So okay. the xylophone is small. Xylophone is like orf. Okay, so you was right. Xylophone is wood. Glockenspiel is metal. I thought it was the other way around. Glockenspiel. Yeah, because I thought I glockenspiel. Ding, 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 ding. I remember that sound. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what you know what i'm so used to seeing them little rainbow xylophones for the baby toys and those are metal <laughs> but mm. the, but a for real for real xylophone looks it's wood a xylophone is wood and it's it's smaller right mm-hmm. yeah Cause when I think xylophone, xylophone I think, are smaller cause when i think xylophone i think orf instrument general music the ones that like you sit on your knees or you cross your legs and you play, right? And a marimba is a, a big old xylophone that you stand up and play. That's what I remember. What is a balafon and a salmontron? A semantron. Hold on. Semantron. I was about Hold to on. say, listen, that sound like a, <laughs> that sound like a, a rated R porno flick, Transformers. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> That remind me of your tweet where they was talking about how classical musicians are so freaky because like why would you name it that? <laughs> um a gourd resonated xylophone, that's what a balafon is. Oh, so West African instrument. And then a simantron Eastern Oriental Orthodox and Eastern 
Eastern Catholic monasteries. Oh, that's that thing. The monastery. That it's like I'm gonna just send it to you. Anyway, you didn't tell me what a xylophone was. It's the one that goes on the floor, right? Xylophone for kids. Yeah, right. The xylophone is the one. It's made out of wood. But the kid ones are usually made out of metal. But the real ones are made out of wood. I don't mean ki- sorry. I don't mean kid, kid. I mean like general music class. Xylophone is on the ground. Is it? Let me see. That's like the like this one, like the little rainbow one. That's the kid one. Yeah. I'm talking about like the orf instruments. Yeah, oh, here we orf. go. It's smaller. They look like. And they can't, yeah, they smaller. Oh, I see what you mean. And the marimba is like a big old giant, like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I took percussion methods in fall of 2012. So chill on me. So, yeah. Over 10 years ago. Y'all be hitting stuff. That's all I know. (laughs) Um, my piece of the week is Britain's there, there, I had it and it went young person speaking of pe- kids young person's guide that piece embarrassed me and ate me alive and I have to play it again in two weeks almost 10 years later so I'm looking forward to knowing how to play the notes allegedly so I'm gonna listen to that a lot so yeah uh, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast oh are we done? yeah don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of weekly suggestion, a black excellent suggestion. Ooh, we should do like a cute like you gotta what we what you want us to put in the um put in and react to the to the chat. Um chat we should name her. It's called chat GPT. Chapisha. Okay. Let us know what you want to put into Chapisha's uh little search. You can send it to us too, and we can react. Classic Black Podcast at gmail.com at Classic Black Podcast on social media. If you're black, join ISBM. We are rework at ISBM. It's going to be real cute. Um, IS Black Musicians at IS Black Musicians on social media. Yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.